Quest Nation, thank you for tuning into the Love Quest podcast. Get your Bibles ready, get your notebook, get your coffee, get some water, whatever you need to do, and get ready to receive. The time is right now. Let's go. I remember being young, and uh, you know, you I don't know if you ever saw the played the game where you're drive by walk by a car. I walked a lot um, to school and in the streets and all that with my homies and you'll see a really cool car in your dreams. He'd be like, that's my car. And, um, but then sometimes you have you a little girlfriend or a boyfriend, and he would always say, he's mine or she's mine. You're taken, you're off the market. I know that don't happen out here. Everybody's like never dated, virgins all through the room, just everybody, no, no kind of experience in life. But the point of it, if you get the revelation of Jesus said your mind is he took it upon himself to protect you when you didn't protect yourself. Right? As much as a lot of people in here may think that they have their best interests, when you didn't want to protect your thought life, he protected it for you. Right? When, he, when, when you didn't love yourself, he loved you, right? When you was ready to give up, he made sure you had a right on time. Anybody ever have a right on time encouragement? Absolutely. Just right on time encouragement. And so um, whoever this is for in its simplest form, I just meant to tell a few people in here that you've turned the corner. Um, and whatever that means for those that turned the corner, some people may stay on the same street, but for some of you, I was meant to tell you, you have turned the corner. The Lord says, you have turned the corner, so do not go back around the corner. You have turned the corner. You have turned the corner. And, and sometimes when you turn the corner, you're still in the same neighborhood. You're just on a different block. You're on a different block, so you have different perspectives. You go from Gastown to, you go from Gastown to uh, East Hastings, like night and day, right? Sometimes every, you, you striving so hard to get out the neighborhood that you don't recognize when you've turned the corner and got on a different street. I'd much rather be on a new street in the same community than on the same street in the same community dealing with the old, the same problems. Father, I just thank you for new streets, new revelations, new ideas, new friends, new neighbors. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, I'm glad to be in your house one more time. Again, I get an opportunity to sit at your feet. Again, we get an opportunity to worship you again. And I thank you that the breakthrough is in again. Holy Spirit, give us the discipline to, for repetition. Bible says if you be weary, not weary in well-doing, meaning you're going to have to do good over and over and over and over and over again. And in due season, you will reap. So I thank you, Father, for spiritual stamina. Supernatural stamina. To be able to stand when even our friends faint, our families faint. To be able to stand in the midst of discouragement, standing power, 
thank you that praise is our superpower. No matter how things are going, we still got to thank you. We still got to, Lord, you're good. Come on, say that. Lord, you're good. Come on, I'm trying to help you shift your mind so you can receive this word. You don't have to be struggling to receive the word. So as soon as the word begins, you can. So you just take about 30, 30 to 60 seconds. Just have a, a moment of, of just worship and exhortation and lift your voice and just begin to say thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, help us get our hearts right and our spirits right in this moment. I thank you, Lord, that you are tilling the ground of our hearts that we may receive the word and produce. Come on, I want to receive the word tonight and produce. I don't want to be the same when I leave here. So I thank you, Lord, that I have ears to hear. You're, you're good, Lord. You're good. You're good. Holy Spirit, have your way in this place. Thank you, Lord, for attentiveness. Thank you for the ability to receive and not reject your word. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, shout out, I am good ground. Tell your neighbor, you are good ground. All right, go ahead, be seated. So we've been on this topic of above. Say above. Well, come on, say it like you above. Above. Come on, say it like you was beneath, but because of Christ, you're now above. Say above. That's what I'm talking about. Not beneath. Say not beneath. Come on, I'm not a low life. I live on the high life. It's the high life. And, and I've, 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 I've said it over and over since we started this that mm, the majority of people successful according to world standards aren't living the high life. Right? They're, they're millions of dollars, really nice cars, tons of resources. Those, those are things God used but they aren't things God need. You are God's greatest treasure, not the things you have. And when you start putting the importance on who you are to him versus what he can do for you, like, like I thought I was the bomb when I was hanging out. Like I was a popular, I hung around the popular guys and, and gals. I was at the parties and I, I was an athlete, a good athlete. And so I didn't, I didn't have trouble having friends. I had a personality and um, I was such a likable guy, I can float between crews. So I never, I never had a problem with popularity or comfort or relationships or friends or, or uh, never ran short of that. Go to the club had a good sense of fashion. I could drink with you, I could smoke with you, I could get lit with you, I could turn up with you, I play pro sports, college sports, like successful, right? Doing it. I'm not running the streets, I'm not on drugs like my friends, right? The worst thing you could do is compare yourself, your goodness to, to, to what somebody isn't. Right, I remember my wife used to say certain things, but my mom, mom used to say, well, at least I'm not like, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just smoke weed all the time. Well, at least I don't smoke crack. <laughs> no, 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 crack wasn't for it. Crack could have killed me, so weed was my crack. 
Okay, and a lot of times we want our spouses, our friends, God, the pastor to settle for what we're not opposed to who we're supposed to be. <laughs> right, it's, it's like Canada. We're always, Canada's not saying who they are, it's just what they're not. We're, we're not American. Right, we're not Russian. We're not, we're not, but what are you? Right, I'm a meaningful specific. Not a wondering generality. I'm not to be compared to anyone for good or bad. And so what we do is we compare ourselves and like, oh, at least I'm not doing what they're doing. But you're also not doing what you're supposed to be doing. So in God's eyes, it doesn't matter you're not doing what they're doing. You're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Right. And so for me, I feel like this is a very important time, Elder John. I was sharing with somebody today and I may preach on it on Sunday because I think it's very good to speak to the time the church is in. I believe the body of Christ, as much as God is calling us and restoring us to our garden, Garden of Eden, he's doing it in the middle of the Garden of Gethsemane. I believe as much as God is calling us higher and we're walking in blessing, I believe we are in the Garden of Gethsemane full of temptation surrounding us, ready to give up. And the Lord says, nope, I am about to give you peace right in this garden. <laughs> and, you, and we keep begging, God, can this cup pass? And I, but can, can we get this person in here? And can I get this job? And can I get this career? And God says, I'm not answering to nothing except... Thy will be done. The higher calling is what God wants out your life. Not what man wants out your life. Because every single person in here, you have a responsibility to set up who's next. And you can hand off millions of dollars to next and that's not what they needed for their start. And so for me, it is very important that I do my best to try and encourage people to live above, not beneath. And tonight is going to be very cool for some, I think for all. Because we're going to look and see what kind of follower of Christ we really are. I will tell you right, in, right now that not everyone in this room follows Christ for the same reason. And we're going to look at scripture and we're going to see that when Christ was living, there were several different types of followers. And they exist in today's church every single week. Now what you get to do is you get to identify what kind of follower you are so you can go to the next level. If I'm going to the next level, I need to know. All you trainers in here, you know. If someone, you, if someone wants you to take them to a goal, you first start off with that, that, that degrading picture called before. <laughs> because I need to know where I'm at in order to get to where I want to go. 
And so every person in here has to be honest within their hearts what kind of follower you are. So we'll start at Philippians 3 anyways to get some foundation. I'm not saying that I have this all together. That's my statement. I'm not saying I had this all together. That I, I have it made. But what I am standing before you to say, as Paul did to the church of Philippi, but I am well on my way. Reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but... I've got my eye on the goal. In the midst of my ups, my downs, my insufficiencies, my frailties, my wrongs, my my hiccups, my moodiness, my attitude, my character flaws, I'm not taking my eye off the goal. A great shooter, although missing shots, do not stop shooting. And we have way too many people who get weary in shooting. So you faint. And you might be like, well, I'm not fainting because I come to church. You know how many fainting, fainted people come to church? Where God is beckoning us, what? Onward, not backwards, onwards, not sidewards, onwards to Jesus. I'm off and I'm running and I'm not turning back. Which means that once you make your mind up, family, friends, spouses, children, no one will cause me to turn back. And this is where we get it twisted. There is no one, Jesus' mama and daddy couldn't turn him back. Once my mind is made up, no one is going to turn me back from my purpose. Nobody. Say nobody. Can y'all see me in here? All right. Can we turn the lights up just a touch? I mean, if I'm shining, then that's that's what matters. If y'all can see me, I'm good. Okay. All right. I'm not turning back. So let's keep focus. PT, why are you always so passionate and you always yelling? And but, but what if you couldn't count on passion? And a lot of you come here every week because you can count on a few things. You can count on worship. You can count on passion. You can count on a good word. The world needs to count on the church before they join the church. Your family needs to count on you as a believer before they believe like you believe. They keep seeing you fainting in and out and in and out and in. No, 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 no. Your family needs to see how you handle trouble because the world always in trouble. They don't need to see how you act when everything's good. How do you act under pressure? So let's keep focus on the goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, total what? Come on, it's in key word tonight. Total what? Come on, musicians. Total what? Total commitment. God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. 
keep track of those. I want you to, I want you to say this out loud. Stick with me. Uh, say a little louder. Because this is a very key, this is going to be a theme in here. Say, stick with me. Keep track of those you see running the same course. How many other people we keep track of? That ain't going the same direction we supposed to be going. We all up in people business that's going the wrong direction. You losing sleep over people going the other direction. Right? You got your feelings hurt over people that's going the other direction. Right? You, you in a bad mood today because somebody going the other direction disappointed you. <laughs> Headed for the same goal. Now here's one thing you can do this week to lighten the load in your life. Stop tripping on people that don't got the same goal. You want to you want to eliminate the Holy Ghost bring me peace. Eliminate some of the people who don't got the same goal. You don't even got to eliminate them. Just answer their phone call a little less. Yeah, we don't want the weight lifted. How many friends would you have? You, you notice what I said. This does not say running this same race headed for the same interests. <laughs> we got a lot of friends that got the same interests, but the goal gets customized. Interest is the broad gate. Goal is the narrow gate. And what we have to do, if we want peace in our lives, we have to surround ourselves with people that have the same goal. Not the same hobbies, not the same interests. Goals. Say goals. There are, there, there, there are many out there taking other paths. Say amen to that. Choosing other goals. Say amen to that. And trying, see, you can work with the same people, but when you really have a conversation, you got different goals. You got to do the Malik, the Micah, uh, the Micah, the Micah uh, 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 um, uh, philosophy. He just, every answer I gave him one day, he said, why? 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 Okay, why? And you start trailing your whys, you'll see many people do not have the same goals. Goals. I'm talking about you guys want to end up in the same place. Right? I've, I've warned you of them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is easy street. They hate Christ's cross. All right, if I get more money, if I get this, I get that, it's going to get easier. No, 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 no. Any, anything on any level, more of it means more responsibility. It does not mean easy. It does not get easier. <laughs> in the, in the, you get more capacity. You change perspective. Like, like my family's needs have not lessened. They've increased. 
Man, I can't wait till my daughter get out of diapers. But then she got to go to college. Put some diapers back on. I'll take diapers all day and baby wipes over tuition and furniture and weddings and grandchildren. It, it increases. It says they hate Christ's cross, but easy street is a dead end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods. Belches are their praise. Ugh. Satisfied with your flesh being satisfied. All they can think of is their appetites. But there's far more to life for us. High life. We're citizens of high heaven. High heaven. We are citizens. Come on, say we're citizens of high heaven. The highest heaven. I believe heaven's report and results for me. Romans 4 says, God himself said to him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham was barren. Abraham's wife was barren. They was done. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. Right? Higher than his ability, he focused. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. He didn't say that. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility. So what he's saying is he didn't focus on the past insufficiencies. He didn't focus on all the, why would we be getting a baby now when after all these years she couldn't produce? After all these years you didn't accomplish X, Y, and Z, why now are you serving? When God says go forth, why are you serving every time you try to go forth you failed? He did not survey. He did not look at his past mistakes. He did not look at his past barrenness. He did not look at his past frailties. He did not look at his bloodline. He only counted God's ability. True faith only counts what God can do. I'm going to say it again. True faith only counts what God can do. Only surveys what God can do. It only says what heaven has said about it. Come on, say true faith. My life should be a reflection of faith that carries detailed patterns of a redeemed life. I, I want to, I want to, now, replicable does not go with this statement. It just leads me to my next slide, which you will not turn to. My life should be a reflection of faith. When people see your life, they should see faith that carries detailed patterns 
of a redeemed life. Now, detailed patterns are important if you're going to have a life that can be replicable. And you're, gonna, you're about to see why replicable is so important because when he says make disciples, he is saying replicate yourself, but replicate yourself after the pattern of me. And what every person has to understand in here is somebody is replicating you, life or death. As much as you don't want to see yourself as a leader, someone is following you. And if you are not paying attention to patterns, understand what patterns do. Patterns lead into cycles. So for me to renew my mind, I have to renew the, the, the kind of like the neuroplasticity of my mind, the patterns that have been developed over years. I have to do the work to renew my mind, literally, scientifically and spiritually. I have to renew my mind. Say renew my mind. Because my mind, it has set me into patterns and, and lifestyle and patterns set me into cycles. As believers, we have been given a responsibility. This is where the dividing line comes because everyone says they follow Jesus up to the making disciples part. And let me help you. If you're not making disciples, you don't follow Jesus. <laughs> um, son, take the trash out. He don't ever take the trash. No, I'm not saying he don't. I'm saying, but he don't ever take the trash out. Is he following me? He's my son. But if he's not doing what I'm asking him to do, he is not following my instruction. And when you don't follow my instruction, you don't follow my life. Because Jesus only instructs out of his life. Any instruction Jesus gives you is to lead you to him. So when we don't do what Jesus say do, we walk in the opposite direction of Jesus' plan for our life. There is no vain request from God. Every request from God has a fulfilled plan in mind. All right, let me let me let me turn this thing. Let me turn this thing. This is this this is not this is not one of those nights. Now if you're submitted to the word, you can, you can find some moments in here where you're going to get excited and passionate and say amen and stand up and take notes and all that. But if you are about to be challenged right now, because what the Northern American church wants to do is be affiliated with a religion that gives them the best chance to have life after death. And Jesus just has been the best option for you. But what if I told you that Jesus did not come in your life to merely be your savior? We didn't need a savior. Oh, y'all. <laughs> when do we need a savior? When we fail. <laughs> 
So when we, we need a savior because we fail. So we needed saving. If we didn't fall, we didn't need no blood. So for us to stop at savior, citizens of a kingdom don't need a savior, they need a king. But this is why our worship is so shallow. And this is why it's easy to fall away. Because we're like, we're saved. I don't need you no more. You snatch me out the fire. I'm not burning no more. So I don't, I'll call you when I'm burning again. And if you only see Jesus as savior, you'll only call on him when you need him. Did you get that? Did you record that? Okay, you only call on the savior when you need a savior. I don't need a relationship with a savior when I'm not needing to be saved. So if you don't see yourself as daily needing to be saved, you don't call on them. So then the people following you, you teach them how to depend on the world, not your king. So if it's balls down to needing a savior, then no wonder other religions are a great option. Because all religions promise something after death. So if I just need a savior from my fears, then I'm going to look at a plan that allows me to be me while I live here. Because there is still a selfishness within me and so I'm gonna find a religion that serves my flesh. So we've stopped that savior. So it's easy not to come to church faithfully because I don't need them this Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but when I, when I get left and when I get divorced and when I get this and when I get in the hospital, then I call the church because I need somebody at the hospital to pray for me. But the same people I'm calling, I didn't want to do community with. But I need a savior. And that's how we treat his church. Now I don't need counseling right now. No, I'm wait till I'm in super bad trouble. Then I get counseling as a means of saving. Instead of understanding that the wisdom of God is to keep me out of trouble, not for when I'm in trouble. So, as we move right along, 1 Corinthians 11, pattern yourselves. This is, this is an ex-murderer. <laughs> this Paul, this him. Follow me. Pattern yourselves after me. Follow my example as I imitate and follow Christ the Messiah. See, now the church, what we have done, Elder John, is anyone that is a really good leader and people follow that leader, you ain't God, you ain't Jesus. Who said I'm Jesus? Is Paul Jesus? 
So what we do is we have this false humility and says no. But Jesus put us in people's lives so that they can see us. Even Jesus had to be a man to save us. So when he said it is finished, he didn't, he wasn't finished with man. So he still uses man to help people follow him. So as much as you want to church, you can't eliminate yourself and just point to Jesus. Cause you like, I'm the wrong one to follow. He don't want, no, no, no. Let me tell you something. Jesus is too perfect for a sinner to follow without someone who is imperfect that is following him. Jesus is too perfect for a sinner to follow without an imperfect man that does follow the perfect man. So for you to sit here and point to Jesus whom the world can't see, they don't see nor acknowledge spiritual matters. Bible tells you that. And to take the attention off you and point to someone they can't see. You are leaving people as orphans, as lost. Yeah, this Christian thing for like real Christianity, like following Jesus is like real thing. It's like for real. Pattern yourself after me. Follow my example. This is where, this is where, Annabelle, this is where we don't want the responsibility of the cross. Remember we read that? We don't want to set the example. (laughs) That's the cross. But everyone in here is setting a example. And you will give accountability for the example you set, Christians. (laughs) Look at what the TPT say. I want you to pattern your lives after me, just as I pattern mine after Christ. Well, we say, no, 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 don't follow me because you're going to find something. You're going to find something. Don't follow follow me. Because you might find out I'm really not. Matthew 4 says, Jesus called out to them and said, come and follow me. And I will transform you into men and women who catch people for God. (laughs) You you ready? So here's the fruit of a true follower. They catch people for God, not for themselves. Here's the fruit of a follower. He says, if you follow me, I'll transform you into men and women who catch people for me. When you follow me, the byproduct of truly following me is you lead people to me. Immediately, look, look at what they did. They dropped their nets. They dropped what they identified with for so long. This is their way of paying. They they provided for their family with these nets. They didn't just drop nets. They dropped a career. Is Jesus saying tonight, leave your career? No, but leave the part that you identify allowing your career to make you something. (laughs) 
Drop the pride that comes with your self-effort. They left everything behind. This is very important. Everything behind to follow Jesus. Everything. Come on, say everything. Nope, God's not telling you, so don't get no attitude and then mess, miss the whole rest of the message. He's not telling you leave your job. He's not telling you leave your job. <laughs> but boy, how easily we let the things of the world get us off track. There's seven types of followers we can find that follow Jesus. How many? Seven. Now, what you're going to have to do there is you, we're going to go to some scriptures, okay? So you, I didn't put them in here, didn't, but you, we'll, we'll, we'll go to them. They'll be at the bottom of the notes so you can get those ready. Okay, seven. How many? Seven. Seven or six, one of those, but we'll see. Number one. Number one. Those that saw the signs. Okay? John... 6-2. While they're turning to John 6-2, just listen to me. These are people that wanted to be around the power of God. The move of God. Are you ready? Look up, look up at me. They wanted to be around what seemed to be a successful church. Okay, let's, let's look back. Now put the now that you got it, just go back to the slide real quick. This, what I'm reading you, I am reading to you the followers that follow Jesus, but I'm also making a parallel to the same type of followers in the church today. Right? A lot of people make church decisions based on what's popular, what seems to be successful church, right? People that want it to be around the power of God, the move of God, successful church, but without the willingness to walk in calling and carry the burden of advancing the kingdom. Oh, I want to go to church, but I'm at this church because I see signs and wonders. I see so much joy here. Now, I get it. The joy, the signs and wonders are what we catch the fish with. Because he's the fisherman. So he moves in a place for his glory. But there's people who only come because of signs and wonders, so-called power, so-called movement, and so-called successful church. John 6, 2, let's look at that. And a great crowd was following him because, 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 because they had seen the signs which he continually performed upon those who were sick. What do we see? These are people who followed him because they saw signs and wonders. This is where you got to check your motives. These are people, you find a lot of these people who, who, who they, they go wherever revivals are. They, they go wherever the famous evangelist is. But they're not rooted nowhere. 
They got an opinion of the local church all the time. Let me tell you, Jesus is the local church. Right? But wherever there's power or signs and wonders, that's where you'll find them. They're like tornado chasers. They're, they're, all, they're, they're thrill seekers. They're chasing the gold. They don't want to go through the mundane moments of the church. I, mean, I, I know there's going to be a certain point where our church gets and you're going to see folks coming. They don't want to be a part of the garage. Right? The garage is not a sign and wonder. It's not a sign and wonder. But somehow we closer to God or God is moving because somebody got healed. Not understanding that I can have no integrity as a leader and God will still move because he's responsible for his word. And that's where people miss it. The, the, a, a popular church, how can Hillsong be so global and popular and we all thought everything was good because it was, but what was happening all underneath it? You see, the signs and wonders, the popularity, the successful, the big, the magnitude is what people made a decision to go to Hillsong School for. <laughs> These are those followers. They follow popular. They follow the power of God, which we all should. We want to see God move. But God's responsible for his word. That's what he confirms. How can these men walk in such little integrity? Right? I'm not talking about these. This is, this is public information. How can my brother Carl Lentz preach such an anointed message and afterwards go sleep with someone that was not his wife? I'm praying for him. I hope he's fully restored. And the church is wrapped around the corner, people lining up. And this is the hour the church is in. We got to be careful because God is moving and he's going to move and his church is going to grow and explode and expand and multiply. But I as a leader and you as a people can't get so caught up in the flattery that you abandon accountability and making disciples, not making people happy. Happy people aren't always disciples. <laughs> Sometimes I'm doing a great job when no one's happy with me. John 6, 2, they followed. Number two, you got that? You got that? Number two is those that ate the food. These are people that got their physical needs met. So follow Jesus as their provider, not their savior. And they enjoy the care and concern he had for them. And they wanted to be blessed by him without paying the price of commitment. God bless my business, bless my family, touch my body. See, I want to be around the blessing, but not carry the burden. I'm talking to somebody. 
John 6, 26. Jesus answered them, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, you have been searching for me not because you saw the miracles and signs, but because you were fed with the loaves and were filled and satisfied. You see this? These are people, and God does something for them. You follow them because of Jira. Not because a king. Not because a Lord, but because of what he can potentially do for you. And testimonies keep you at bay. If he did it before, he could do it again. So we, we, we have this pursuit for what he could do for us like he did for them. He says, stop toiling and doing and producing for the food that perishes and decomposes. Lord, heal my body. He's like, I could do it, but it's still decaying. So after I heal it, will you still follow me? Lord, bless me with this job. Cool, but you probably ain't going to want it after a few years. So after I get you the job, are you going to still follow me at the next job? Are you going to follow me when you ain't got no job? He says, but strive and work and produce rather for the lasting food which endures continually unto life eternal. You putting all your effort in, you going to church and you tithing and you doing all these things so you can get a breakthrough. Well, I'm going to go to church, man. I'm working on something. I'm believing for my family. Got to get to church, man. I <laughs> got to keep praying because I got to, man, I, I believe God. He going to. You believe him? Do you know him? You're striving, your effort, you're declaring, is it merely to bust open a pinata? You keep bombarding heaven so candy can rain out. And when the candy don't rain out, you like, forget this pinata. I'm about to go get my own candy. those that ate the food they followed him because he fulfilled some physical needs they had some earthly needs that they had and then those that followed him because of the power that was being demonstrated number three it's those that wanted a leader they wanted you this is very important right here they wanted a strong leader that could stand and fight against the oppression of the Romans. They wanted someone that would lead in fighting for their own personal agendas. They saw his drawing power and charisma in hopes to lead a rebellion. Using his anointing and influence to take on a worldly agenda while he was sent to be responsible for a heavenly kingdom and government agenda. We see believers who use church for their political agendas of the world. So they was thinking Jesus was coming to lead a rebellion. 
When he came to insert a government, they were trying to get him to rebel against a government. Jesus was never tripping on the Romans like that. He was never tripping. He was there. Thy kingdom come. I'm here to establish my kingdom. I am, why would I wrestle with your kingdom when my kingdom is the highest? But you have people in church all the, and you saw it during the pandemic. And any church that would not get entangled in the politics of the pandemic and the church you saw the church turn against itself. What? Instead, thank God we had kingdom focus. You have people that come to the church. Hey, can you come down? Can you vote for us? Can you come to this town hall meeting? We need the church to, you want to use the church's influence and power and anointing and sometimes even finances to push your political agenda. And not that we should not stand by and do anything. We should not just do nothing. But we're not here to fight against a falling government. Failing. We're here to stand for justice. Absolutely. But who's the just God? Jesus, the king. He's just. And we fought and we fought and we divided houses, homes, families divided over a political spirit. So oftentimes we will find pastors and leaders and you will see pastors under pressure having to vocalize something that's going on in culture because they're getting pressure from people within the church to say something. Oh, you're not going to say nothing, Pastor? It's not that those men don't want to say nothing. What if God's leading them not to say nothing? Just like he led Jesus to plead the fifth. Did Jesus save you without saying a word? I'll say it again. Did Jesus save you without saying a word? Jesus saved you and didn't say nothing. And all these people thought Jesus was coming. It's just like David. It's just like, we, we don't want to really fight. We don't really want to, but Jesus can do it. That's why they were shouting his name. And that's why the same people shouting his name is the same people that persecuted him because he didn't do what they wanted him to do. So they thought he was a fraud because he didn't fulfill their political agendas. But he rose. He didn't say nothing, but the tomb opened. He didn't say nothing, but folks got out of the grave. He didn't say nothing, which lets me know that when the kingdom is truly at hand, there's minimal words you got to say. John 6, 15. Then Jesus, knowing that they meant to come and siege him, that they might make him king. You see, they came to get him to make him their king. 
withdrew again to the hillside by himself alone. Why was he running from people who was trying to exalt him or put it? He knew their hearts weren't pure. They didn't want him as king. They didn't want him as savior. They didn't want him as king of the kingdom of heaven. They wanted him to be king of a rebellion. And he says, man, that's the low life. They wanted a leader. Fourth, it's those that sought fulfillment and reality of hope. It's very important to pay close attention to. Jesus was a fulfillment for people's spiritual quota or need, but wasn't depended on. How many people come to church because it fulfills a spiritual thirst? but don't depend on Jesus after the hit. So they love the music. They love the spirit of it, but Monday to Saturday, they don't depend on Jesus. But when they come around the body, they experience hope. But they don't depend on him. They relied on, leaned on, looked, looked to as their bread of life, their strength and their hope. They attributed miracles to Moses. These are people who their jobs and careers and family and the pleasures of this world has taken place of Jesus. We're, we're more yielded to world system than the kingdom of God. I don't know if that's you, but is Jesus merely something that brings you hope versus someone who you depend on? You come to church for community more than you come for Christ. I'm not saying that because the body of Christ is the body of Christ. But when you leave your small group, how's your relationship with Jesus? Do you depend on them when your brother or sister in Christ don't got time for a meeting or don't pick up the phone? John, John 6, 34. Then they said to him, Lord, give us this bread always, all the time. Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. You, you see, they was like, give us this bread. We want this bread. We want. He said, no, 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 no. I'm the bread. Not what I can do for you. Not your Sunday service experience. Not Wednesday night alone. I'm the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst anymore at any time. So if it's community group, or well, if the community group ain't, ain't, ain't happening, then you don't know what to do. If, if you don't get that phone call from elder or pastors, you don't know what to do because you've made men and services and programs bread. Not Jesus. 
See, when Jesus is the source, it ain't hard to get to church. But when church is a source of bread, any other type of bread come along, that day you're going to eat that bread. Oh, I got this to do. I ain't going to church. Nah, I don't want. It's, it's just like, I don't always eat multigrain bread. Sometimes if I come across a good sourdough, I want sourdough today. Sometimes we're going to let us wrap it. We gonna, you know what I'm saying? It, it, you get, it, 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 if Jesus ain't the source, the bread going to always switch up depending on the season you in. Church ain't going to fix this. I need to go to the gym. I need to go play in a game. Right? That's your bread today. So it's easy to break away from the loaf. And think you really satisfied. But them dumbbells ain't gonna help you when you get that doctor's report. <laughs> See, you find out how sustainable the bread you eat and the diet you own is under pressure and in trouble. And what God never meant is for you to get in trouble, to get that doctor's report, to have the, your marriage broken up, to get to the bottom of your life and fall apart. Never. He allows those moments to prove. They sought fulfillment and reality of hope. There's, there's 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2 through 4. If you can get that to me in the TPT or the message. Is that one of those? That's Amplified Classic. Verse 2. This, this is good. Oh, yeah, go back. Just go back. Why not? Why not? Don't be naive. There are difficult times ahead. They said that thousand, a couple of thousand years ago, Okay. As the end approaches, people are going to be self-absorbed, money-hungry, self-promoting, stuck-up, profane, contemptuous of parents, crude, coarse, doggy-dog, unbending, stubborn, slanderers, impulsively wild, savage, cynical, treacherous, ruthless, bloated windbags, addicted to lust, and allergic to God. They'll make a show of religion, but behind the scenes, they're animals. A show of religion. I'm Christian. I go to church, but behind the scenes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stay clear of these people. The next group of people or followers is those that were hostile enemies of God. Do you know people that are hostile towards God is in the church, Troy? Now let's identify them. Constantly testing him. These We're going to go back and then we're going to go forth like Aaliyah. Back, back, forth and forth. Constantly testing him. Critiquing him lived in doubt and sowed discord and unbelief amongst the body of Christ. Provoking people to question Jesus. They challenged leaderships. 
vision and movements. They question every move, resist the flow of God's kingdom. They always birth frustration, murmuring and complaining. All day today. These are the people that anytime you try to make a decision, why are you doing that? Uh-uh. You need to give me 10 answers. Why? You need to show me this. You need to show me that. Constantly testing, critiquing. Right? You, you, you know, some followers in here. Let me understand. He said, he's either the word said, you mess, you mess with one of his, you mess with him. So when God puts leaders in your life and you resist the flow that he's leading them into, it's, it's no different. What do you mean by that? Watch what he says. Oh, see, you said this last week and you said this. Look, a great teacher can hold tension between contrary scriptures. Because if you want to look at the contradictions that are in the word, there's plenty contradictions. But if you have revelation and read the word with the eyes of the Holy Ghost, you will see what they mean and how they actually go together and support one another. Just like Jesus had people constantly trying to trip him up. Understand when you're attacking his ordained leaders and his people, even in his body, period. There don't have to be nobody up here. You're hostile. He says your flesh is enmity to me, hostile towards God. We're not talking about people putting nails. I mean, we don't need to be a bloody, gory scene for you to be hostile. But if you sit in church, you love God but you don't like to flow with the move. I'm not saying be ignorant, but you got way too many critical spirits in the body of Christ. That's always, you can't even receive because you always got a critique, a judgment. <laughs> if they did it before, <laughs> they gonna do it again. Same folk right now. Same folk back then. Okay, so say John, John, John 6 30. It's very important because you got to know where you are in your heart. Therefore, they said to him, What sign and miracle wonder work will you perform then? So that we may see. See, prove to us. And there's way too many pastors in the world having to prove themselves to religious spirits and the people that got trust issues and fear issues and they put them on leadership and they, that's why you got to have some, uh. you got to have that backbone, you got to have that, I know what God is telling me to do, what you going to perform then so that we can believe you and so we can follow you, what supernatural work have you? Show us your resume. What school you went to? What seminary you went to? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 11.37. Hey, look, these are followers of Christ. But some of them said, could not, could not he who opened the blind man's eyes have prevented this man from, you see the doubt. They following them the whole time. They're like, well, if he the savior, then why, why he can't? <laughs> Couldn't open blind men's eyes, have prevented this man from dying. Did he say anything? Nope. 
he was chilling. He's like, y'all not going to move me. Y'all not going to pressure me. But without saying a word, guess what? Somebody got up. Here's the true test to all people that follow Christ. It's not in how well you can quote a scripture and how much you can prove to man. Sometimes it's how much you can stand in the midst of people misunderstanding you. Hostile. And then there were those, I think this is number six, there were those who followed with inner fears and struggles. I felt in preparing for this, there's, there's a, lot, a lot of people who can relate to this. They followed with inner fears and struggles. Talk to me now and, 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 and really, really, really look at this one. They follow but are unsure of personal destiny. Listen, listen closely. Though burning their bridges but could not rest in his assurance. I'm not turning back. I'm following you, Jesus. But I'm constantly in fear and anxiety. I'm following you. I don't got no other options, but while I'm following you, I'm not really in faith. You, you, their, their, their anxieties and fears always rearing his head up. You ready? They don't feel complete in Christ. It's all, I'm following you, Jesus, but what's next? I'm following you, Jesus, but am I going to make it? I'm following you, Jesus, but did you hear me? I'm following you, Jesus, but why is I got to go through this? Right? There's no contentment just in Jesus. <laughs> it's just I need more. Why, why, why? Why? I said why, not wow. <laughs> when I'm with you, all I get is why thoughts. Why, why, why? <laughs> John six sixty eight. It's very important because this is a lot of us. It's like I'm following you, Jesus, but I'm not content. Right. Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words, the message of eternal life, and we have learned to believe and trust. And more we can, we have come to know surely that you are the Holy One of God, the Christ, anointed one, the Son of the living God. Now go to Mark 10. Right, God, you, you found him with the disciples constantly having to reassure them. Why was Jesus always, they followed him every single day, but he constantly had to reassure them. It says, and they were shocked and exceedingly astonished and said to him and to one another, then who can be saved? Jesus glanced around 
Jesus glanced around. This is Mark 10, 26. Got it. Jesus glanced around at them and said, with men, it is impossible, but not with God. For all these things are possible, God. Peter started to say to him, behold, we have yielded up and abandoned everything. You see, we abandoned everything to be with you and joined you as your disciples, siding with your party and accompanied you, walking the same road that you walked. Jesus said, truly, I tell you, there is no one. You see, he constantly like, Jesus, we followed you. We left everything. And but, but what's going on? Who you like the most, Jesus? Me, me, Jesus. Jesus, come on, man. You know I'm your boy. Not satisfied. Right? I'm following Jesus, but I'm jealous at somebody else who get promoted. Like Jesus is not enough. Like the position in ministry is the is the goal. Well, why they get to do, well, why, why they, maybe it ain't no time, no, no spot for me at this church, because they don't see me, like, but Jesus does, right, following Jesus, but it just still ain't enough, it, Jesus seeing you ain't enough, Jesus touching you ain't enough, Jesus affirming you ain't enough, Jesus providing for you ain't enough, Jesus presence in your room at night ain't enough, it's just, I'm following you, but you just ain't enough, Jesus, you ain't getting it for me. But I'm following you. <laughs> and then the last one. There was those who followed him, loved them with their life. And I'm here to let you guys know there is no true meaning to our faith if we do not have true relational knowledge of Jesus. When you get to the point that there is no substitute, where you all in, total dependency, there, 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 there is no true faith until Jesus is the bomb, he's, he's it, he's worth the shout. Right? Nobody in the room. He's worth the t He's worth the no. I can't do that. Right? No, I don't know. No, I want. I, I want it. I want it, girl. I want you, girl. I want it. <laughs> but it ain't worth my covenant. Right, I love you with my life, not merely my words. With their lips they serve me, but their heart was far from me. John 6, 69. And we have learned to believe and trust, and more we have come to know surely that you are the Holy One of God, the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God, Jesus answered them, did I not choose you? <laughs> right, did I not choose you? Right? No one in this world chose you. You ready for this? Your mama didn't even choose you. They 
just, they just don't, oh, okay, that's you. Hey, hey, Judah, how you do? Your name Judah, your name Judah. We got to name you, so your name Judah. <laughs> oh, it's a boy. I didn't, I didn't choose it, but you notice how you didn't choose a boy or a girl. You just, yeah. all right, cool. We going with Judah or, or Judain, you know, whatever it is. We ready. <laughs> no one chose you. But he did. Your boss didn't choose you. They hired you. It's a huge difference between getting chose and hired. They hired you because you could do a job for them. Don't do the job and see if they still want you. Don't show up to church and see if Jesus still wants you. Don't tithe. Don't, don't you go sin tonight and see if Jesus still wants you. Right? You ready? Go go cheat on your partner. Don't do it, but I'm just saying. <laughs> and see if they still want you. And then go, as we do often, cheat on our husband, Jesus. And see if he still wants you. You don't think he's worth following wholeheartedly? You don't think he's worth some sacrifices? You don't think he's worth all the no's necessary to not go across the line? You don't think he's worth a few late nights helping the church pack up or, 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 or move or shut down? You don't think it's worth serving his church? You don't think it's worth sowing into his church so his church can expand beyond your lifetime? You don't think it's worth it? Before you was formed in your mama's womb, he chose you. He knitted you together. He made you. You don't think he's worth it? What kind of follower are you? Would you follow you? Because I love Paul. He said, I'm so convinced that I'm, in, I'm daring you to follow my life. And he didn't say just follow me. He says, if you pattern your life after mine, I guarantee you success. And how many people out here trying to make more money and so you find a book or a YouTube channel and they say, if you do this in 40 days, guarantee, right? You brush your teeth with this charcoal, your teeth will be as white as Hollywood. <laughs> right? No, 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 no. How many patterns do we follow in the world in hope of a better life? How many have worked, let alone how many have worked and was sustainable? But Jesus, I would say, is worth the total surrender. I tried, and I don't know what I'd do without him. And you do not reap nowhere near the full benefits of being in Christ, with Christ, for Christ, unless you throw your whole life in. You would not reap the full benefits of a marriage being part in without totally laying your life down for your spouse you will not reap the benefits and the blessing that is on any covenant without all in if you have a business what could you do if you was all in 
So you got a savior. What could you do if he was all in? Tonight was submitted to you to identify what kind of, kind of follower are you? Hopefully all of us get to the total abandonment. Like, God, here's my life. What does that mean? In my relationships, your word has the last say. In my business affairs, your word has the last say. There is no compromise worth my covenant with God. Forget worrying about disappointing man. What about your relationship with God? Forget worried about what man thinks if I do this. What about your relationship with God? What about your conscience? What about your mind? What about your heart? What about your soul wealth when you make those decisions? Is not God worth it? Is not Jesus worth following wholeheartedly? I didn't always follow him wholeheartedly. But as Paul said, I'm well on my way. I am, I, I am there. I am completely turned. Both of my shoulders are pointing one direction. I'm not like this. My t all ten toes is going straight. I'm not like this. I'm not going north. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Some folk following Jesus like this. I'm ready, God. I'll go this way on you if you don't. <laughs> Some folks do a lot of work to follow Jesus. Like, I can't do it. I ain't. I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, how hard is that to follow Jesus like this? Like, I'm not double-jointed like that. Like, I can't. But some folks is spiritually double-jointed. But it don't work. That's like hard. You never own balance. A storm comes, you don't have no balance. That's why he says, choose. Hot or cold? Which one? So I, I, I just challenge you tonight stop making excuses and make a commitment I don't care how long you've been saved my question to you is how long have you if, if some people ask this question think about how long you've been saved versus how long you've been following Jesus some people can say I have been saved for 20 years I've only followed Jesus for five See, we're so big on, we're majoring in saved, not following. That's like how long you've been married versus how long you've been committed. <laughs> Let's lift our hands. Lord, I thank you that we are followers of you. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, help us. Come on, right where you are, even if it's in your spirit, you need to repent. You need to say, Lord, man, I'm, re I'm, turning, I'm, <laughs> I'm turning both feet, same direction. No more pigeon toe, Chris, nuh-uh. Turn, get them toes straight. Like a, like, like a soldier at attention, squared up. Lord, we want to be followers. Like the world is looking for people to follow. Lord, forgive us for not being a clear sign that pointed to a clear direction.
Lord, we surrender to you tonight wholeheartedly, 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 wholeheartedly. Come on, say, I lay my whole heart down. I lay my whole life down. Holy Spirit, I need your help. Come on, say one day at a time. One decision at a time. One temptation at a time. One moment at a time. I will be strong. I will stand. I will make the right decision. The God decision. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give your neighbor on the left and right of you a high five and say, we could do this. Come on, we could do this. All right, really quick, really quick, really quick, really quick. I hope you got something. Anybody get anything out of this tonight? All right, really quickly, um, I did let you know that August 13th, that weekend, we will be back in Toronto, and that week, there will be, right on your calendar, there will be no church here that Sunday, and so we will be, uh, we are encouraging people to come and be a part of it, um, I'm telling you now, so you can plan uh, that weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and um, Saturday, please pray for us, but I have a, we have a meeting Friday, I think, Vanelli, I think, with the, with, uh, what is it, what, what is it, Dundas, Dundas Square, Dundas, Dundas Square, Dundas, 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 Dundas Square, all right, it's their, it's their Times Square in Toronto, and we put in a uh, bid to, or to, to be, to, to rent, renovate the, rent the space on that Saturday, um, to do what we did at the Toronto sign. If we get an opportunity to do that, what they want to meet about on the phone is they want to find out, get a clear understanding of what we're doing. So pray that I can cast vision in an evangelistic way, in a way that is not churchy or shall I say religious, um, that I can, but also not compromise what we're doing, right? But we want to bring joy to a city, and I think we have a, not just a blood ball right, but a human right to, uh, you know, share the gospel. Um, and so, uh, please pray for that, um, but make your own travel plans, amen, that was the last part. All right. <laughs> Uh, we have a new thing that we are going to do at least throughout the summer, okay? Every first Sunday. Say every first Sunday. We are going to have Unity Sunday. We want to really get in a consistent pattern of having communion. There's a lot of people who've been asking, but I also feel because we're in two different spaces, I want to be a church that comes together at times, especially for communion, instead of trying to do it twice on a Sunday. So on every first Sunday, we will do it really big and cool. We'll have communion. We'll have our choir. Um, we'll have a great word. We'll have treats. We'll have giveaways. And so starting July, yes, the first Sunday in July, what is that? It's not up there. Whatever it is, you figure it out. July, the first Sunday of July, we will be having only an evening service. 
Okay, awesome. Only an evening service, July 2nd, and it will be at Mary Patterson. Yes. All right. So please do not forget that there will be no 10 a.m. service on our first Sundays throughout the summer. Y'all got that? All right. Yeah. Now we're back to two services on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the Father's Day and all that cool stuff. And uh, you have something. All right. Hurry up, please, sir. All right. I sure will. Ruth chapter one, verse uh, 15, please, in the message. If you can put that up. I just want to make a, a brief opportunity announcement regarding our pastor, Pastor Julia's birthday. Uh, we want to celebrate her birthday. Amen. Y'all can clap. Amen. And sometimes you may ask, why, why do we do all of this? There's different reasons. One of the reasons is, is because you get different people saying, hey, what you doing for birth? I like to, I like to, I like to. And together we can do something together that has even more effect and more power and even more impact. Amen? Amen. Uh, and, and I'm going to share a verse with you, right? But we don't sow into our pastors, and particularly Pastor Julie, because of what she does for us. Even though we appreciate that. It's not about a works thing. It's about understanding the people that are with you and just telling me, I appreciate you. I appreciate how you live. I appreciate how you go about your life. I just appreciate you. Your frag- the fragrance of your life in mine makes me better. And it's recognizing that fragrance that we are celebrating. So I want to share this with you very quickly, and I, and I will be quick, Pastor. Uh, first, verse 15, it says this. Naomi said, look, your sister-in-law is going back home to live with her own people and gods. You go with her. Next. But Ruth said, don't force me to leave you. Don't make me go home. Most importantly, where you go, I go. Where you live, I'll live. Your people are my people. Your God is my God. Where you die, I'll die. And that's where I'll be buried, so help me God. Now, even death itself is going to come between us. That is the commitment Pastor Julia has to her call and to you. Yeah. She's not doing this for Pastor Terrence. We're not honoring her as Pastor Terrence's wife. Yeah. We're honoring her because she said that to God. Where you die, I'll die. I'll pray through the night for where you die, I'll die. I'll walk with you and back rub you and all those kind of things as we need, as I need to. I'll be on the floor with you ministering deliverance to you because where you go, I go. My God is your God. I am with you and for you. I will never abandon you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's, that's who she is. And so an opportunity to sow into our life from a birthday standpoint is just to celebrate who she is. Girl, I appreciate that dog in you that don't give up and don't quit. I really do. And so we have an opportunity for you to give, should be up there, uh, and see different ways to give. We encourage you to give generously and just to give in love. You don't have to, but it's an opportunity for you to. You don't have to, but I would encourage you to because it'll bless your life and bless your soul. Amen? Amen. So again, uh, the opportunities to give, we'd be in the back and everything. Thank you for your opportunity. Let's celebrate Pastor Julia and the woman of God she is to us in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, sir. Um, and, and also thank you all you guys who support um, us beyond what you, you that you, you just love on us. I appreciate that. We can't apologize for our birthdays being around Mama's Day and Father's Day. We we did not plan that, but it is what it is. And so 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 you know you do not have to give either. It's an opportunity you do not have to give. But those that do choose to give and sacrifice and take bread from their own their own loaf and be a blessing, I will always say this, is that you guys, we don't do this for that, but it's always an encouragement. Always un also understand that everybody that give do not have pure motives, right? There's strings attached to some people's giving. Um, and some people's giving makes them feel like they have certain rights to certain things. Um, and so we understand that as well, but we are truly grateful and understand um, that God is providing through his people. And um, we're forever grateful. And hopefully through our service to you, through our studying, through everything that we do, hopefully we show that um, we, we value you guys' time, your life, and as we have the obligation to watch over your soul, um, I hope we do a good job in that. And uh, we'll get better as well, too. So make sure you understand, you do not, I hate that I have to do this. And remind people that they don't have to do it, but man, there's, people get so ruffled up around giving. Um, I just hate, one day I'm gonna stop doing it and it is what it is, but I understand we're in a climate and a culture um, that I think there's a lack of teaching as well as there's a lot of hurt and uh, misconception around certain things um, pertaining to the word of God. So thank you guys so much. You can stand to your feet. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, Father, we thank you. We love you and we honor you. We thank you for your word tonight. I pray that it becomes fruitful. I pray that it becomes fruitful, Lord God. I thank you that um, your word is alive in us. I thank you that your word leads us, it guides us. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you teach us. I thank you that we become stronger. We become more rooted. Um, Lord, help us understand and experience your love, your love for us. Um, and may you just become the most important, the most important thing in our lives, the most important asset we have in our lives. Bless each and every person under the sound of my voice, Lord. May you keep them sound of mind. And um, I thank you that they shall see the salvation of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a wonderful night. Out of time, but we are not out of Jesus. Until next time, you know what it is. Get your love fixed, man. Have a wonderful evening. Thank you.
Thank you so much for joining us for this week's podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms and follow us on social media. You can find us on IG and Facebook at LoveQuestINTL Church. We out here. But you know what it is. You know the motto. We out of time, but we ain't out of Jesus. So till next time, get your love fixed, man. As soon as we walk in the room, everything changed.